I've missed you guys. It's been a long time since I've discussed golf gambling here on the Outkick Bets podcast with me, the host, Jeff Clark. But I brought back Dan Z to help me break down the 2023 Wells Fargo Championship and at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. The last two PGA Tour events have sucked. The Zurich Classic, I had no interest in betting. And the one-on-one match. Oh, hold on. Before we move on, we have... I smashed the Zurich Classic. Zurich Classic, excuse me. And I just want a little props for that. Oh, that's right. I forgot about I, that. That whole thing just like I blanked that tournament out of my brain. But yeah, in our in our golf league, this guy, this effing guy, Dan Z, bet Nick Hardy and Davis Riley, right? They're on the same took, team. Yeah, so there's a couple strategies when it comes to like the fantasy golf, but the team event, basically you can spread your thing out and pick one golfer on three different teams. I literally doubled up on one team. It was like, they're going to win. I put an outright bet on them at 40 to 1 pre-tournament. It, that hit. It was the only outright bet I made in the entire thing. Like I just, I don't know, it was one of those like savant things where you're like, I have a feeling. I felt, I use, I'm actually in two other fantasy golf leagues. I use them across the board. I usually mix it up a little bit across the leagues to spread out my exposure I was like, no, Nick Hardy, Davis Riley, they're going to win this event. I haven't heard anyone speak glowingly of the Zurich, Zurich, whatever the hell, however the hell you say it, classic. The the, Look, the tag you team hit one forty, you hit one forty to one outright, and you're gonna you'll talk glowing. Absolutely, absolutely. I honestly got the rules confused in our fantasy league. I thought you can only use like one team, or not one team, but you can only pick a team once. I didn't know you could use both golfers on one team. It, Truth be told, I wouldn't have done that anyways, but I didn't even know you could do it. Um, my golf, our golf league stuff for me has sucked this year. I've, I've been real bad at it. We 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 discussed it on Slack earlier. Um, I didn't publicly give out any bets in the Mexico Open last week, which was pretty much a one-on-one match between John Rahm and Tony Finau. That Tony Finau uh, somehow won. Well, I mean, he played brilliantly. I uh, crushed that clubs. course. John Rum misclubbed four times in the final round, at least. Okay, but Tony Fina had a two or three stroke lead on Rom going into the final round, right? Yes, I know Rom went like minus nine moving day in Mexico. And then all of a sudden, nuts. he he just like he hit so many good golf shots on Sunday that were ten yards deep, ten yards short, and it was just like that's just the wrong club. Like that's. That's the wrong club. Are you, is that a caddy thing? I don't know. I honestly, like, he can't, He said it at one point, like 15, like, I think like he hit a, I think he hit his tee shot into one of the late par threes and same thing happened. He was like, can I hit the right number just once today? That'd be great. Like the hot mic got him say that. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It depends what his relationship is with his caddy. Um, some guys, their caddies there and name only like they'll give you numbers and stuff, but like the player will be like, I got, I got it. Um, some guys are really like they, t- you know, you J- Jordan Spieth and Greller is a great example. Like they have full on conversations about like, here's what I think. Like, I don't know. I haven't, they don't cut to Ram a lot talking to his caddy. So I think he probably doesn't. His caddy's probably like, here's the number, you know, me, they do it in meters, which is weird. It always screws me up. Um, and then he's like, all right, here's my club. Did you bet the Mexico Open? Uh, I threw a couple small bets on it, but I was not on Finau or Rom, which was 
a mistake, obviously. I know you obviously did something for the pool. You, uh, I was bogged down with the NFL draft, and you were a lot more active Same. in NFL draft coverage than I was. Yeah, I only I was, did like four articles, and like pretty much your entire week was devoted to the NFL draft. It was, and then I didn't watch. I wasn't going to watch much of the Mexico Open, which also because my buddy got married on Friday, and then Saturday, like I wasn't going to watch much of it. And I don't like to bet on events. I'm not going to watch. It feels kind of like a waste. But I did mm. watch the final round. Yeah, I watched the final round, which is pretty oh, I, lame. I put a bet. I put a bet on Rom before the final round, just because I wanted some plus money and I wanted a rooting interest. I also thought Rom was going to beat Fino, but didn't happen. Yeah, uh, I um, I didn't give out anything public. I ended up uh, winning in the Mexico Open uh, only because Ashke Batia um, cashed the top ten, top twenty ticket for me. I also had him outright, but I had Will Gordon top ten, top twenty. He started the final round fifth and just pulled the old ejection cord, got right out of there. Uh, also had Lee Hodges, who sucked. Um, he was like plus seven in the third round, and I think he finished the worst out of anyone who made the cut. And I'm spa- oh, and Ben Martin, who was good going into the weekend, just sucked on the weekend. So uh, you guys didn't miss much, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I would have ended with a slight profit, thanks to Ashke. Batia. But again, we're back uh, to talk about the Wells Fargo. So that's what we'll do uh, moving forward. It is yet another elevated event. It's probably the weakest field out of all the elevated events thus far in the PGA Tour because world number one, John Rahm, and world number two, Scotty Scheffler, have opted to sit this tournament. So that makes Rory McElroy the massive favorite at plus 700. Um, honestly, I think there's less people that can win this tournament now that Rahm and Scheffler are out. Uh, not more, you know, I because obviously Rahm and Scheffler could win. Um, but I don't think people like below the 35 to 1 mark, which is like Terrell Hatton, are really going to win. Like Tom Kim, Sahith Tagala, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry. I don't give any of these guys a chance. I feel like it's only going to be one of the top 10 names that you or I will discuss. Do you have any long shots on your card? Uh, Are you doing the Gary Woodland thing? No, I'm off Gary Woodland entirely. Um, No, I think I like a couple guys right around the number you mentioned, but I'm not digging too deeply. I had one name, and it's now escaping me. I, If I were going to throw, like, I don't know, Ben On screwed me last week, but this is a good course fit for him, but... Probably that's probably too far down the board. I, I I probably won't do anything with it. Yeah, um, I don't know. The best long shot I could look at would be Gary Woodland, but he was ninety to one the other day, and now he's sixty five to one. These DraftKings numbers have moved like crazy. Cam Young was twenty two to one earlier this week. Spieth is was twenty to one this earlier this week. Holland is twenty to one. They're all three are at eighteen to one now. Um, Fitzpatrick has moved up. I think he was plus 2,500, which was kind of ridiculous in the first place. Now he's up to plus 2,200. Any of those names jumping out to you? Any of these guys making your card? No, the only like sort of odd long shot that like, I just like, I don't know, have a weird thought about would be KH Lee, believe it or not. He played really well at the President's Cup and had some like really good wins, including in singles over Billy Horschel. 
Um, his only loss was a team loss. Him and Cam Davis lost to, or no, I'm sorry. Um, they lost to Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa, him and him and uh, Tom Kim. That's not what I would consider to be a bad loss. Um, but they also beat Scheffler. Him and Tom Kim beat Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, which is a great win. And like I said, he won in singles. Um, Siwoo Kim's another one who played unbelievably well at the um, President's Cup, right? At the President's Cup, yeah. Siwoo Kim and Cam Davis beat Scheffler and Burns. Wild. Um, his only loss came when he was partnered with Cam Davis, who also did some other really bad stuff, so I'm not even going to count that. But, you know, he beat Cantlay and Shoffley, who are, like, impossible to beat as a team. Siwoo Kim and Tom. Actually, Tom Kim's name keeps popping up, too, as a guy who had some good wins in that. Um, I mean, I guess that's about as far down the board as I might be willing to go. And even then, I'm like, it's not... I'm not super excited about Siwoo Kim, but he's at 90 to one. So maybe I'll sprinkle a small bet on him. I love Siwoo Kim. He cashed a 45 to one bet for me at Sony, at the Sony open earlier this year. Yeah. I mean, he's plus seven fifty, top 10. I don't hate that. No, no. Siwoo Kim. He, I mean, I am pretty sure he usually hits the fairway, but his long irons are pretty sick. Um, and he just shows up randomly at like tough courses, tough events. I don't hate to say see Woo Kim look at all. Like um, Tom Kim's right on that number you mentioned. He's at plus forty five. Like I think that's too short for Tom Kim in an event like this. I agree, but you can make some Tom Kim arguments. Yeah, I just did. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, I could add to it, but I'm, I'm saying there are, yeah, there are strong cases for Tom Kim. K. H. Lee, staying away from him. Uh, just because he, he might be looking ahead next week to the AT&T Byron Nelson since he's went back to back at that event and just crushes that. That's his, that's his yearly entry into the masters and all the majors. Like I'm just going to win the Byron Nelson and lock up all my tickets to the, to the majors. Um, but yeah, I mean, this isn't a TPC course either. So KH Lee isn't going to get any of my money. I'm thinking I'm just going to go with three golfers here towards the top of the board. First one I'm looking at is Victor Hovland, who I feel like a lot of like the internet PGA Tour gamblers love. So um, I had a feeling you'd be on Hovland. I don't know why. You never are. Like I don't think I've ever been on one of these pods and had you give out Victor Hovland. But no, I had a weird feeling this week that I was like, I think Jeff might be into Victor Hovland this week. Well, I mean, this is a bomber's course. He crushes the ball off the tee. He's good with his long irons, and he's like really shown up well. In difficult golf courses, um, he's actually on my stat model second over the last 24 rounds in difficult long golf courses, including like Torrey Pines, the Masters, obviously. Um, I think he did well at Bay Hill as well, which is a course comp uh, that I I thought was a comp uh, comp course for for Quail Hollow. He, he was 10th at the Arnold Palmer, 20th at the Genesis. Riviera is like another one of those uh, comp courses that I use. I guess people that do well at Riviera also do well at Quail Hollow, the new Quail Hollow. I guess Quail Hollow pre-2017 doesn't matter because of all the renovations they've done. And last year, Max Homa won the Wells Fargo, but it was at TPC Potomac in Maryland. Uh, And 2020 was canceled for COVID. So there's only, only like three different Wells Fargo tournaments to use in the course history. But... 
plus the PGA Championship, which is why they renovated it. Right. Yeah. Which was so won by uh, which was won by uh, Justin Thomas, who is someone you brought up to me in our private chat. So you still thinking Justin Thomas? I just uh, this is a course that he likes. He won the PGA Championship there. Obviously, uh, he played well at the Presidents Cup but he played with Spieth a lot. So that was kind of the argument. Was it like, cause Spieth him and Spieth him. went, yeah. Was it like, cause like him and Spieth went, uh, four and oh. Spieth was five and oh in the whole, the whole thing himself. Right. Thomas was four and oh, but he did lose his singles match to see Wu Kim. Um, but it was close. It was a good match. It wasn't a blowout or anything. Um, so I don't know. Like it feels like a good fit for Thomas, but I'm just not what, like the recent form is so, bad that i just can't get there at 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 his number because he's still being priced probably because of that like he's less than 25 to 1 and i like i would love him i think at 30 but i can't get there less than 30 yeah that's about the number that i bet him for at the rbc heritage the last hot links golf gambling podcast we did you uh were anti that bet as well and uh, it didn't make me any money. So you were right about like that. Like he's behind Sam Burns. Like I, I don't know how Sam Burns is is at thirty to one and Thomas is at twenty two. Because I actually like Sam Burns here too. Because he's a guy who hits the ball a mile, is accurate with the driver. Like Burns is rounding into form. I like Sammy Burns here a little bit. Again, I'm not sure he's a guy I'm going to be on, but that's just like I would much prefer Sam Burns at 30 to one though than Justin Thomas at 22. Like that's not even a debate for me. Bermuda Burns, he's second in this field for putting on fast Bermuda greens, which is what Quayhalo has. And he's got good distance, good length off the tee, which helps here. I like Burns. Uh, he might be part of my three golfer lineup. I'm not sure if I'm going to outright him just yet, but as we go through this pod, maybe I will, depending on how the conversation goes. That's usually how this goes for me. I don't. I do a thing where I don't lock in anything until we talk, because I feel like talking to you makes me smarter and makes me dive into my research, and that's usually how I play it. So, I have Sam Burns as like a mate. I do have one. I'll, I'll just give it now. I'm on Jason Day here. I have been anti-Jason Day the entire like the entire season. You've given him out many times. I've poo-pooed it. He missed the cut here in 2021, which I know is probably holding him back a bit. But his game was not in form in 2021. He won here in 2018. He finished well in 2016. Uh, sorry, at the 2017. Um, didn't he? I thought he did. I'll pull up his his Wells Fargo. Performance. Yeah, I'm sorry. He, he he. So I have it right here. He finished. He won the event in 2018. He finished top 25 in 2019, and he finished top 10 in the PGA Championship uh, in 2017. So, like I said, his game was not in form last time he played here. I'm willing to throw that out because of it. And I just think we're in a spot where if if Jason Day is back and he's going to break through, this, this really feels like the spot where he kind of has to get it done. If he doesn't do this for me, I will probably never back Jason Day again. <laughs> Put him on the ban list? Like, this could be, like, I I don't know. It's one of those things, man. You, I, I saw your face, so give me your pushback. I have no pushback. I, I'm, 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 I'm like you in the sense that I 
haven't finalized any bets and I'm kind of waiting for this conversation to see kind of where your head's at and if you can nudge me on or off a golfer. Jason Day second in my uh, Wells Fargo power rankings. The only thing that he kind of sucks at, which feels wrong, is putting on fast Bermuda. I feel like if I took off the fast filter, he would be good on Bermuda. Otherwise, it's fifth on my stats, third trending, third course history, third comp courses, second in total strokes gained in long, tough courses. Jason Day has had a pretty much a badass season this year. And yeah, I've been on him several times, as we talked about. Um, and he's he's made me money this year. Um, so I, I have no hatred towards Jason Day. And as I've talked about many times with you, like I'm a newer golf gambler, so I'm not one of the people that have been scarred by by Jason Day. Like to me, it's just it's just money, uh, dollar signs. And he's really kind of at a price point that I'm shopping at. at the, um, you know, right now he's twenty five to one on DraftKings, which you know, looking at it roughly, it's looks like it's about tenth best odds somewhere in that range. Again, I have him second in my power rankings. Now that Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, and Victor Hovland all hit 18 to 1. All three of those guys I was looking at, I can only really do one of them. So I'm thinking Jason Day. I was also thinking about another guy you love. I think you love. I think you mentioned you loved him. Ricky Fowler? You're a Ricky Fowler guy, right? Oh, I love Ricky. Okay, so why aren't you betting Ricky? Oh, I am. Okay. Is that like an auto? Th- is that like with me? With You can just assume if I'm recording a podcast, I'm betting Colin Marikawa. I'm betting Colin Marikawa. Is that yeah. Ricky Fowler's yeah. your Colin Marikawa? Yeah, I've told you this before. Like if I ever don't bet Ricky Fowler and he wins a golf tournament, I'll probably kill myself. Because um, <laughs> I feel like I'm a stan of his and have been for a long time. This is an excellent course fit for him. He is exactly like Jason Day in that he missed the cut in 2021, but he finished fourth here in 2019. Um, He finished 21st in 2018, and I believe he had a a top five finish in the PGA Championship here in 2017. So he had a really good run at this course, uh, 17, 18, and 19. Then the form kind of fell off, which everybody knows. Anybody who watches golf knows Fowler disappeared for a while, but he's been playing really well this year. He's not in any majors because he hasn't won a golf tournament in ever. And this is a spot that I think he knows he can play well, needs to play well, needs to win this tournament so that he can get his exemption and start getting back into the uh, into major golf. So, yeah, I, I wish the number were a little longer, I think. But I think the market's coming around a little bit on Ricky. And that makes me think that something's afoot here. So, yeah, I love Ricky and I, I absolutely will be betting Ricky. He's went really well. He hasn't. He's only missed. Looks like one cut this season. The Shriners, fifteenth at the RBC Heritage, tenth at Valero, thirteenth the Players, tenth Phoenix Open, eleventh at the Farmers. I mean, he's killing it really in all the major stats. I mean, he'll maybe drop or suck in one area, one tournament, but he'll make up for it and still show really high so i think ricky fowler i know this term is kind of cringy but i think he's a lock for a top 20 i think he's gonna finish 20th in this 
He's actually on my power rankings fifth. He's 19th in my stats, sixth in trending, second in course history. I mean, he really doesn't have a weakness. He could be a better putter on Bermuda greens, but he's an, an above average putter in this field on Bermuda greens. If I had a fourth, and maybe I might just end up betting Ricky because I really do like his top 20, and I'm going to sprinkle on him outright if so. Um, again, of course I'm doing Colin Marikawa. His only weakness is putting. Like the guy, ball strikes the shit out of it. I guess it's Quail Hollow is considered a bomber's course. He's not very long off the tee, but he makes up for it with his long irons. And if like there is a true comp between Riviera and Quail Hollow, then his game should fit this course nicely. I mean, he does really well at the Riviera. But by the way, Ricky has picked up distance this year. He's actually top 50 in driving distance. Well, that's his thing. I, I read about this like because I, I wanted to figure out the Ricky Fowler thing, why he pops so well on my model and what's changed. I guess he's got a new swing coach and... I don't know. There's a whole bunch of like golf stuff to it that I don't I don't really get, and I've already kind of forgotten. But essentially, his swing is better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just ahead of Victor Hovland. You know, Justin Thomas. Um, is this on PGA Tour website? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Why? No, I'm just wondering. I just don't remember seeing him above Hovland on that website. But I mean, if you're yeah. reading it, then there it is. They've got. Fowler at 305.6 and Hovland at 305. So obviously negligible difference. But the fact that he's that that's the company he's in is is a testament to where he's at. That's a reason I liked Ben on a little bit because Ben on is a bomber as well. Yeah, isn't he like tenth in the uh, or top ten in, in, in distance in, in the PGA Tour this season? On a seventh. It's it, all the names at the top of this list are guys that you're seeing in other golf articles. You mentioned Gary Woodland. That's why he's popping for people. Yeah. He's top ten in driving distance. Like those kind of guys. Um, but I'm looking for a little bit more well-rounded game. And I mean, Fowler seems to have found his putting stroke. I don't know this. If not, when like I'm on. The best way to describe my betting strategy for this tournament is if not now, then when. Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, like, if not now, then when, guys? Like, when is it, you know? It's got to happen. It's got to happen. But you're placing bets on, or you're making bets on their placement markets too, right? So you're not going to be asked out if they don't win, right or wrong. I mostly bet outrights. Really? I didn't know that about you. Okay. Maybe I might hit Fowler's top 10 because I think he's, I think, Day has more win equity, so I, I'm a little more comfortable there. Whereas, like Fowler hasn't done it in so long. Although Day really hasn't either. But side note, um, I don't know. Fowler's at plus eight hundred for top five. I kind of like that a lot. Jason Day is first in par four scoring over the last thirty six rounds in this field. His short game is just. It's a couple random nasty. guys. If you are looking, if you got guys out there who are looking for some long shots, by the way, Jason Day is also fourth in this field at strokes gained uh, tee to green at, at this course. He is behind Rory McIlroy, who leads the way by a ton. Um, he's also behind Nick Watney and Joel Damon. 
Like if you're looking for long shots who have played well at this course, Joel Damon finished second here in 2019. Uh, that was the year Max Homo won, and Nick Watney finished second here in 2018. Uh, that was the year that Jason Day won. Joel Damon's finishes in the last uh, three Wells Fargo's have been 18, 2, and 16. So Damon top 20, he's done it three times in a row. You could probably get a good number on Joel Damon top 20 because he's 150 to 1 to win. Yeah, you probably get a great number on Joel Damon at really all the different prices and all the different markets. Plus 500, top 20, and like I said, he's done it three times in a row, so... Do you have top 30 or top 40 in front of you? I do. Uh, Damon is 260, top 30, plus 260. I mean, that is such a nice payout. <laughs> I, what's top 40? Is it plus 150? Plus 140. Plus one. I don't have that market available to me, available to me but based on everything you said, I, I, don't like, I don't hate that look at all. Backing up to someone you mentioned and who I mentioned up the top, uh, Rory McIlroy. It's not as dire as Fowler or Jason Day, but it's kind of the same type of thing where it's like, if not now, then when? Like, when are you going to get right? This guy absolutely crushes Quill Hollow, right? So he should he should be going well here. I'm not going to bet him at 7-1 because I have other guys that I like, and I've been scarred you, by Rory recently. Do you have the ability with your stats to look at best round one scorers? Yeah. Over how long, though? Uh, They do 8, 12, 24, 36. So, like, the last 12 tournaments, best round one scoring average, or or however it works. I'll I'll do the last... Okay, yeah, last 12 rounds scoring round one. Hold on, it's just loading for me right now, but I'll have an answer for you in one second. Total strokes gained round one. Man, you're actually going to, this is going to be like, oh yeah, no shit. It's, it's Victor Hovland. I mean, he is, he's gotten out hot recently, right? Like Masters crushed it. Um, shit, spacing out. There's a few other ones where he just, he just started out red hot, didn't end up closing, cl- uh, closing it down, but got out to great starts. Uh, Xander's second. Ben Griffin, who I've lost money on m- multiple times. <laughs> He's giving me blue balls. He starts off really well in round one. Uh, fourth and uh, total strokes gain in round one over the last 12 rounds is is Rory. Ben, ben Griffin is 100 to one round one leader. Now that's a bet I like. <laughs> I mean, all right. So I've, I've, I know. A little Where's too- Joel Damon? I-, I wanted to see where Joel Damon was because I was curious if at a course he likes, at a course he's played well. Like I don't expect Joel Damon to win this golf tournament. Obviously, he's 150 to one. Yeah. But like, could he get hot and fire a Thursday round? Could, but I mean, he's 77th. So, mm-hmm. what about Nick Watney? Watney. He is 153rd <laughs> out of 155 guys. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah i'm done that was fun ben griffin though because i've bet him so many times i know like far too much about him he's a north carolina tar heel everyone knows that he's like a former mortgage broker or whatever he took time off from professional golf doing mortgage loans but yeah this guy's giving me blue balls a bunch of times that's why i kind of like your frl look i didn't even think of that because you know i'm not in a legal state my bookie doesn't offer that shit so i don't really i don't really look at that usually um, I did hit John Rom though 
three-way chop first-rounded Masters. I'll go halvesies with you on a Ben Griffin first-round leader. Love that. Um, do we have the tee times yet, though? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Do we know that? We, well, the tee time should be out. Do we know the weather? Is it going to be – where's the advantage if there is one? Ben Griffin is in the in the – the PM. Or no, he's late. Sorry. Yeah, he's no, late. that's Lanto. Oh wait, that's Lanto. Oh, there's Ben. He's even later. Yeah. yeah, he's in one of the last groups out. That could be tough. Where's Hovland going? Actually, no, he's a nighttime guy. Xander. Xander's. F- I have no interest in betting him, and I feel like that's a mistake. Because he, I mean, the guys, the guys, high price for a reason. He does kill it. Um, who else were we saying? Damon? Or are you off that? It's four four twenty three start time. Well, for me, seven seven thirty for you. Yeah, he's early. I I, I don't know. I, I might like it's just kind of fun. I might throw five bucks on Joel Damon to win five hundred if he happens to catch fire in the first round. Like I, that's what I'm talking about here. Just to be clear, this isn't like, hey, I'm gonna throw my mortgage on Joel Damon first round leader. I'm like. Yeah, maybe I'll throw five bucks on it, and if it hits for five hundred, sweet, great return. Yeah, have a cup of coffee with Joe Damon in the morning. Well, exactly. <laughs> I'll skip. Well, I have to skip my cup of coffee because if I'm going to put five bucks on him, I'm probably throwing it in the garbage. Fair enough. Well, I mean, you're buying him and yourself a cup of coffee, so five dollars on on the bet and five dollars for the coffee. Um, so back to Hovland and Marikawa because they're they're two of my guys in this one. Do we know the weather though? Is I, it? Cause I have to look it up. Okay. Uh, you do your point and I'll look it up. Hovland and Marikawa have the same thing kind of holding them back. They suck around the greens and they're not very good at putting. Hovland's actually a much better putter than Marikawa. Um, Hovland's much longer off the tee, but Colin Marikawa just like lives in the fairway and his long irons are pretty much the best in the world. I mean, I don't I think that's, I think you wouldn't even push back on that. Um, I mean, he crushes it in major, uh, or difficult golf courses, major golf courses. And that's pretty much what we're dealing with in, in, uh, quail hollow. Um, he's first in greens and regulation, um, over the last 36 rounds. I mean, yeah. Fourth best ball striker. I, I love Colin Marikawa. Um, this is, they are smaller greens and around the green play is less important on Quail Hollow, according to the fantasynational.com. So I'm just, I'm hoping the easier around the green situation will, will help out both Marikawa and Hofflin, frankly. Believe it or not, this might be one of those times when playing in the afternoon isn't a killer. Why is it just the same weather speed or wind speed the whole time? It looks like the wind isn't, gonna really change much if at all and it's gonna be a little cold in the morning um the current temperature forecasted for 8 a.m in charlotte on thursday is 49 uh when those guys tee off at one o'clock it's gonna be 66 thank god there's quite a temperature difference between you know the early wave and the late wave now i don't Dude, I don't whenever, know. whenever I see Marikawa bundled up, I just pretty much rip up my tickets. It's like, all right, well, this one isn't for us. It's my, it looks, this MFR I mean, is from L.A. He's not doing shit out there in the cold. Yeah, they're basically projecting, you know, about a four or five mile an hour wind in the morning and a six, seven mile an hour wind in the afternoon. Like, not much. 
maybe a couple miles an hour, but nothing that's going to affect it too much. No rain. Like I said, and, and even that little bit of an increase in wind is probably offset by the fact that it's going to be 15 degrees warmer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not inclement weather conditions. No, it doesn't seem like one where I would put much stock in like the early late. So Are you I don't just know looking at even... Friday or Thursday? Uh, that's as far as it'll allow me to go unless I go premiumweather.com. But we were talking about first round leaders, so I yeah. was just interested in, in if, if there was going to be a Thursday weather group, but I don't think there is. So if you're into a first round leader, I wouldn't let late early or early late throw you off of it. Back to BG then hundred to one. I'm down, dude. I'm down. Let's do it. I'll lay it right now. Beautiful. What do you, what do you, what do we betting? I mean, this is just $10 a pop. You want to go? We're going to lay a, a 20 spot on BG. I'm going to have to pay a shit ton of taxes on that if it hits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't care. I'll do 10. I'll do 20. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm down for whatever. Just let me know. Just invoice. Yeah, just invoice me. Um, all right. So I'm definitely going Hovland, Marco. I want to find a third before we sign off here today. Sung Jay just looking at me, whispering, why not me? Why not me? <laughs> I don't really have a great answer. He he is thirteenth on my on my model, so I think he's a little overpriced here, in that sense. Jordan Spieth, now that he's eighteen to one, I, I'm not feeling great about that. But this guy has been killing it lately. Why have you ever bet Spieth? I feel like you never say good things about Spieth. Um. It's always price. Like he's always like he's he is a known commodity who gets overbet and is always overpriced. That's fair. So that's pretty much why I avoid him. But like I use him plenty in you know like the fantasy golf thing. Um, I actually thought about him here, believe it or not. And again, like ugh, he's just always so freaking overpriced, man. Like, can we get? Like eighteen to one for Jordan Spieth. Like I'm with you. Like I'd rather bet Hovland or Cam Young at that number. If I, I'm betting an eighteen to one. Like I'd rather have either one of those than him. Okay. How about this guy? He sucked lately. However, he was kind of expected to suck lately. Max Homa, twenty eight to one. Hmm. He won last year. Didn't matter. But he did win in. 2019 when it did matter he's out of florida where he sucks he's away from the masters where he sucks this isn't a major where he sucks and he does well on my model i mean you have to just kind of close your eyes or 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 do the men in black like memory away erasing for the way he's played for the last two months but like you know if not here then where I know, but he's another guy where it's like Jason Day's at 25. I'd rather have that than Max Home at 28 and Sam Burns at 30, which I'd also rather have than Home at 28. So like the guys, the like where he's priced, I like the guy right above him and right below him better. Why do you it's like Sam simple. Burns more? I'm with you on Jason Day. He's a better golfer, period. I don't agree with that. Actually, you know what? Sam Burns is one of my guys as well. I had him at Valspar last year. 
Sam Burns also wins golf tournaments. Like it's just something he does. Like he wins a lot of golf tournaments. He won three he last some, year. People don't even like realize it. I know. And he has some, cause he he'll throw up some duds and I don't think he's ever really done super well on a major. You could maybe correct me on that, but I don't think he's really shown up. I don't think I need to um, in a major yet. Yeah, no, he's not very good in majors. No, um, his best major finish is top is 20th. So like that's, that's kind of what keeps people, I think, but this is not a major. It's an elevated event, but he can win with the best. Like, he can play some of the best golf. He won the the match play. Like, he beat some world beaters on his way to winning that match play. Like, this dude can play golf with the best in the world easily. I mean, he beat the brakes off Cameron Young in the final. Like, he stomped him. Yeah. Like, yeah. the dude can play golf, and he can win with the best. He just, for whatever reason, hasn't yet shown up in a major and it's the only thing holding him back. But this event, again, at 30 to – like, to me, he's right up there with those guys who were 20 to 1 or better as far as just talent level. And yet I'm getting him at, you know, 30. Which is off the tees, 35th in this field. Not bad. He's a great scrambler, but that's that's just because he's a lights-out putter, right? If it's like he needs to save par and it's anywhere from 30 feet in, he's he's, how, he's probably going to well, do how, it. How penal is the rough? That's the key here. It's not. So, like, his strokes gained off the tee has to be based on driving accuracy because he is a bomber. He is top, I think he's top 20 in driving distance on the tour. So that has to be based on missing fairways. And if the rough isn't that penal, then he's going to be fine. I don't hate it. I don't have any pushback for you on this one. I like Sam Burns. He's won me money. I I agree with what I feel like your vibe is, where he's kind of underrated, mostly because he hasn't done it in a major. Again, I don't also think most what you go- said, not think, in a major. Yeah, I don't think most casual fans like really know who Sam Burns is. No, I I agree with that too. Like like I said, he's won, he won three tournaments last year in the match play, and it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. Sam Burns is 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 a feeling that I get. But I, I just the way that I'm looking this up, I, I or looking at this this Wells Fargo, I think it would be financially irresponsible to bet more than three guys. That's what I want to do because I want to lay, lay lay a half unit on Marikawa to win, on Hovland to win, and I'm thinking I'm thinking the only way I could do four. The only way I can do four is, I think, if I do Jason Day and Ricky Fowler. Well, you should, because I'm on them, and then we can root together, and we don't have to be, like, adversarial, where you send me a text, and I go, like, fuck your guy, and then you get, like, super butthurt about it. Yeah, that does happen quite often. Well, you're sitting there, like, I got Akshay Bhatia, and I thought you meant, like, to win. I'm like, he's not going to win. Like, he's not going to beat John Rahm and Tony Finau on a Sunday. Like, it's not going to happen. It could, though. And if you no, had better it was, juju, it, it could have. Never, it was never in the cards for him to win that tournament. Like I was shocked that you even threw that at me. I, we were having a conversation. I don't need your goddamn negativity when I'm. <laughs> I know how unlikely it is. You think I mean? You guys started out plus eight thousand. John Ron was plus two sixty, and Tony Fina was plus five hundred. I get it, Dan, but I just want some goddamn positivity. Is that too but much that, to ask for? Yeah, don't come to me. I My strategy, as you know, and I do this with myself too. It's not like I just do this for your bets, is I assume it's going to lose. And then I'm pleasantly surprised if it doesn't. 
I'm the complete opposite. I actually spend yes, the money before I actually win the bet. Like That's- I'm counting the Warriors minus five as like a lock. Like I'm already buying. I'm buying new Jordans. Feels like bad strategy, but hey, who am I? All right, so I'm going Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Victor Hovland, Colin Marikawa, and you could read why on outkick.com backslash betting. You're also on Day. You're also on Fowler. What other what other golfers officially are you going to the window for or with? Um, I am going to bet Sam Burns. I don't hate it. Do you care what my model has him at? You can tell me. It's not going to change anything for me. I think I already said it, though. 34th. But I like your analysis. What is the course fit that's missing here? You said he putts well on this particular track, but it's just because he putts well He's 76 on my stats. Let's, let's, Let's break that down as to why, where he really sucks. Um, good drives. He's 107th. He's 130th in strokes gained approach. That's a problem over the last 36 rounds. He had a bad stretch though. That is being held down by a really, really rough start to this season. Like Sam Burns disappeared, but I think his form is back. And I think that's why he's being hurt in stats models though. Like let's go look at what he did. Cause he had some, Really, really terrible rounds early this year, also, especially. The the stats models don't really factor in the Dell match play, which he obviously did really well in because he won. You know, so it's just like a it's just a win that's not even getting counted counted for. That's why it's like I, I do think the number is misleading. My my numbers. Right. So his bad stretch was the Genesis and the Arnold Palmer back to back. He got cut in both events, shot plus five in one, plus seven in the other in two rounds. Both of which and are comp was, courses, though, I think. Then that's why he's not popping on the model. But I, I don't know. That to me was just a a fluky blip on the radar where Sam Burns just could not hit his irons. And that's just not Sam Burns. Sam Burns is a great iron player, elite iron player, elite ball striker. And to me, I'm going to chalk that up as a blip. Um, he's played well, as you mentioned. He won the match play six at the Valspar, six at the Phoenix Open. I, I, yeah, I don't know. He also had a bad round at, at the Houston Open where he shot 77 and then withdrew. I think there's a couple bad rounds throwing his stats off, but if it's, you know, if he's played poorly in comp courses, he's played poorly in comp courses, but like, I'm back in Burnsy. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. You've been running hot lately, too, so. And the book I'm looking at now actually has him at 33, so I'm even getting a little extra value. And DraftKings has him at 30. What is my what is my bookie have him at? 33 as well. Yeah, DraftKings is a little under the market there. <laughs> DraftKings knows something. They know they're about to take a bath on Sammy Burns' bet, so they're trying to cut it a little bit. <laughs> Dude, my bookie is all over the place with some of his numbers. Some of them are just embarrassing and terrible. And then other times it's like these are good prices. Like Colin Marikawa is twenty eight to one, uh, or twenty five to one on my local book, twenty two to one on on DraftKings. Remember when Rory McIlroy was just like mispriced on your guy? 
when we bet him at the uh, in the match play. Yeah. He was just mispriced. Like, it was just wrong. Yeah. But he didn't end up getting home. I, I think I had him top four. He didn't, but he finished. I mean, he was, you know, he lost in the semifinals. Like, he was there. Yeah, but I did make money on him, right? He he lost to Cam Young in the same semifinals. I think I, I had think, him top he, four. And then he beat Scheffler. Not that it matters, but I think he finished third. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had Scheffler and um, Rory in our in our little uh, fantasy uh, base uh, golf fantasy thing. So that was one of the few winning performances I had. All right, this is good stuff. Um, you can't follow me on Twitter, but where can they find you on Twitter, Dan? You're still banned. <laughs> I'm still banned, dude. It's the most ridiculous thing. We try to get the social guy to help me. He is not doing much um, for me on this one. He said that Twitter is sticking with their original assessment, which is the most bland re- rebuttal ever from that side. Both him and I don't. I don't know if I believe either one of them actually looked at the facts of the case. The facts of the case. I love talking about your Twitter man, though. Like you should sue Twitter. It actually. It actually matters in this golf podcast because I was banned. You remember when the Masters used IBM Watson as like artificial intelligence commentary? Absolutely. They posted IBM Watson commentating on a on a on a golf shot. I don't remember who it was, and I screen grabbed that, or I uh, I uh, quote tweeted that, and I did tag IBM Watson, but I said someone needs to murder IBM Watson. These machines are trying to take over the planet, and I thought I was doing good by trying to protect Jim Nance's job. Unfortunately, Daddy Elon came from my neck and just completely kicked me off the app. So it is a golf-related thing that got me banned. Um, in my recent appeal, I filed now 11 appeals. In my recent one, I said, hey, murdering IBM Watson would be like murdering a vacuum cleaner. It's not even possible. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm anticipating an 11, 11th denial for me to still be banned. But follow Dan at OutkickDanZ um, and follow OutkickBets at OutkickBets on Twitter. I am actually at RealDanZach now. What? Yeah. When did that happen? Did you did you lose? Oh, wait, you lost your blue check mark. Everyone lost their blue check mark, so I, changed, I took that opportunity to just change my Twitter handle just because I was like, Screw it! If you're now, if I now have free reign to change my Twitter handle, I'm going to. Yeah, I tried to get real Dan Z, but that's taken by someone who's also been account has been suspended for like years, which is really annoying. I'd like them to uh, release that to me. Jeff Clark just has no chance, and I spell my name with a G, and it still has no chance. No. And I know if I even rejoin Twitter, which I don't want to, I'm gonna have to come up with something different that I think isn't gonna time i already banned account to to my new account i don't know that's not what any of you guys are here to talk about or listen so best of luck in the wells fargo bet check it out check out my breakdown on outkick.com backslash betting dan you might actually have something on this one right are you going to do something gambling related or just generally about the tournament uh sometimes i just say stuff on editorial calls to make it seem like i'm gonna do something All right, well, uh, leave us a nice review wherever you get podcasts. I'll talk to you next week. Later.